Hello, Dave. Hello, Ollie. Hello. Hello. Look at you. You're alive. You're alive. Where the bloody hell did you go? I got lost in episode 51. Area like, 51. Like Nevada. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny, that, isn't it? So, sorry, listener, we unexpectedly buggered off, but here we are now, buggered back, and you are stuck with us for a little bit longer, at least. We are your friendly little environment podcast, Sustainer Babble, which looks at people and the planet, and why it's all so confusing and silly, and can we have a laugh every now and then, please. And this is episode 52. Yeah, man, we are back and we are going to be talking about some things mainly centred around balls. <laughs> balls, Dave. Is this, is balls. this because I'm recording this episode in my pants? It might be. <laughs> it's hot. What, it's hot what, did you, what did you expect me to do? You sat there pre-recorded going, oh, I'm with my pants. Do you want me to show you my willy? No, <laughs> I no, no Dave, I don't show me your willy. Uh, anyway, look, carry on. Anyway, right, yeah, so we're going to be talking about balls because, well, there's the football coming up. Yeah, so it is Euro 2016 kicking off uh, tomorrow as we record, Friday, uh, and it's all going to be very exciting. But we want to know what are the eco-consequences of that tournament. I'm sure there are some. And more importantly, I'm sure there's some absolutely splendid uh, sustainable being guffed about it. Uh, we're also going to be talking about smaller balls, little red hard balls, because we've got an Andy Inhoff from the cricket world. And, well, we're going to be talking about Norway, who have said, do you know what, petrol and diesel, balls to that. Hooray! Um, <laughs> that's my tortured link for this week. I think you can tell that despite our absence, we are the well-oiled machine that we always were. Indeed. Uh, just the usual disclaimer, as you probably know by now, we do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views. So if somebody fouls you in the penalty box, don't go and complain to the referee about it. Just go and foul back. All right. Yes, let's go shopping with some wags. Ready? Back of the net. <laughs> Have a foot like a traction engine. Sustainable of the week. So, Sustainable of the Week, this is the section every single of those last 51 weeks and forevermore where we find some of the egregious eco guff that people have spoken. Uh, usually on the internet, when they try to sound green. And this week, we've got Hang some... Hang on, point of order. We what? didn't... Uh, when what? we interviewed Dale Vince, we didn't have any sustainable. And when we uh. interviewed Chris Packham, we didn't have any sustainable. And when we interviewed uh. Tony Juniper, we didn't have any sustainable. So Great. that's not right, is it? Great. Well, I think the listeners will really enjoy the uh, more correct version, but longer uh, version saying... What was I'm, it? 40, I'm, pl- 40, I'm plugging... 49. I'm plugging our, but yeah, 48, but I'm plugging our back catalogue. I'm telling new listeners that I'll we've interviewed some of... I'll plug your back catalogue if you don't... <laughs> oh, swore again. Uh, right, where are we? Yeah, so, 
Um, the football's happening. This is all very exciting. And those lovely people at UEFA have noticed that, you know, the planet's going to hell in a handcart. So they ought to issue some guidance about how to do the football tournament all green and hippie. Uh, so they've produced this rather wonderful document that you found, Dave, called UEFA's Tips and Tricks. Yes, well, actually, technically, it's called the Guide de Geste Responsable because it's in French. Um, oh. So, which I think means uh, get, be responsible, guide for being a responsible guest. But in English, because English is the language of sustainable, it translated <laughs> to sustainability tips and tricks. Lovely. So this is it. These are some tricks. These are some sustainability tricks, which have been produced by UEFA, which is the, uh, I don't know what that stands for, but European Football Authority, U- U- European Football Authority. It's which where is, they do bribing in Europe as opposed to bribing all oh, over the world, isn't it? Crikey Moses, can we say that? I, I think so. Okay. I mean, I think it's been pretty well proven, hasn't it? Okay. Or at oh. least alleged. Oh, let's, let's it's say alleged. alleged. Let's just say it's definitely alleged, firmly alleged, probably in courts. Anyway, um, they are the, are the boss of European football, basically. And there, there is a big tournament happening where 24 teams will arrive in France and play 51 games in total. And UEFA is the boss of it. And what they've done is, because the planet is important, because it's round like a football, they oh, have that must be it, actually that's isn't it, it yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the grass is green that the footballers play on, and planet Earth is green. Yeah. Um, that what they've done is they've produced a guide all oh, for how to be sustainable. How about that? That is lovely. It is lovely. I mean, do do you think anyone's going to read this guide other than snarky little podcasts? <laughs> I was going to say I read it. I read <laughs> all of it, um, and it's I, I don't think so um, because it's bollocks. Uh, is it? Okay, right. Well, let's let's have a little look. Let's welcome back my lovely six-year-old niece, Arabella, who, in case you're new to this podcast, uh, helps us every week by reading out the uh, the particular sections of Sustainababble. Um, and here she is reading out what the, uh, what the guide has to say to start with, well, about, about looking after yourself and the people around you. To respect the health of others, the tournament will be tobacco-free, Semicolon. To respect your own health, you are encouraged to do at least 20 minutes exercise a day and to pay attention to your lifestyle. So this is so this starts all right. Right. This starts like um, the sort of document. The first literally the first few sentences of this guide are basically saying, come to this here tournament in France and we will try to make it nice for you and we'll be green and stuff. Right. And then after about four or five sentences in, you get that what Arabella has just read out, which starts with a clause that says to respect the health of others. The tournament will be tobacco free. It's nice. That's, uh, good. Can, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, smoking bad. Uh, smoking smoking other people smoke really bad. Yeah, so Ooh, good. Nice. Lots Thank of you. kids will be there. Yeah, good, good thing. Well done, you. Unlike probably anywhere else in France as well. So yeah. merci, merci beaucoup. Oh God, I bet they haven't told the French yet. Probably not. Imagine how that will go down. What did you, what do you mean they're going to they do the blues? They're going to go on strike, won't they? Yeah. Like they'll be, be blockaded standing outside the toilets, blockading. I, f- I fumigate in your general direction. But then there's that semicolon. And that semicolon hole mm. is where the entire document stops talking about football at all. <laughs> and this is on page one of a 15-page document. And the entire rest of this document is sustainer babble 
of the highest order that has nothing at all <laughs> to do with football ever again. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a statement I disagree with. To respect your own health, yeah, 20 minutes exercise a day and paying Fine. attention to your lifestyle, Fine. good ideas. Great. But oh, it doesn't. It may as well say, "Don't drink too much. Drink yeah. only in moderation. Uh, be nice to strangers. Try and do one random act of kindness every day." If you Try see not someone, to punch old people. Don't punch old people. Stealing uh, from the poor is unacceptable. Most of them are fairly innocuous, right? Um, but some of them are downright lair, right? <laughs> downright hypocrisy, right? So let me have a look. So an innocuous one, number eight, energie, which is French for. Oh, um, no! Come back to me on that one. Okay, um, and that says a computer in standby mode continues to consume forty percent of the energy it uses when it's switched on. What's that got to do with football? Nothing. What's that got to do with football? Nothing. But it's at least fairly innocuous, right? But next to it, though, is number nine. O O E A U, which means oh, that one's water. That means water. Yeah. So what they say I didn't is, know the energy one, by the way. I, I realise it sounds now like I genuinely didn't know it, yeah, but I, I did know it. Yeah. Notice you haven't actually said what it is. The fact on the water page is water shortages affect a third of the world's population and no continent is immune. Now, what do you think they're going to be doing an awful lot of (laughs) on the football pitches of this totally pointless football tournament? Football! Yes, and how do they make sure that the lovely green grass is lovely and green? Nitrogen fertiliser! And? Sunshine! <laughs> They're going to be pissing a huge amount of water on these pitches 24 7. Uh, well, not 24 7, because as always, it has some very soggy football matches. But yes, that is slightly hypocritical, to say the least. Oh, water shortages are really. <laughs> Sorry, I saw a great blade of grass that wasn't soaking wet. And where's Arabella? Uh, Arabella, hello. Um, I could read this one out in in section 11, which talks about dechette, which means waste. Um, It says you would have known that. Dechette. 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 I don't speak French. Dechette means waste, says here. Um, When they advise that you... Fill your water bottle from the tap and avoid using plastic bags, disposable cups, etc. Well, you've been to football before, haven't you? Many times, yeah. Yes, you've been to, not real football, but you have been to... um, No, I did go to an Arsenal game once. Fine. Ah, very good. Okay, very good example. So Arsenal, a very big international posh stadium, which is all state-of-the-art, and so it's a fairly good marker for the sort of way that stadiums at the Euro tournament are going to be. Did you notice many people at this tournament filling their water bottle from the tap and not using (laughs) disposable cups? (laughs) Yeah, it was actually, it was remarkable. Everyone was going up to the nice people in the counters saying, hi, um, I've brought my own... Um, reusable thermos mug. Would you mind filling it, um, filling it from the tap? Actually, Not, yeah. Thanks very much. And um, uh, also, is there anywhere I can compost my tea bag? No, that doesn't happen. What happens is they say, "Would you like to spend five pounds on some heavily watered down Carlsberg that you know tastes like piss, but you're gonna buy anyway?" And everyone goes, "Yep, fine." 
give it to me in one of those plastic cups that I'm going to lob into the plastic bin. Yeah, and so let's do some sums, shall we, Also, mm. let's imagine that your average stadium size at the European Euro 26 football tournament is 40,000. So let's assume there's 40,000 people in each one of those games. There are 51 games, so that is how many people in total of... Hang on, hang on, 40,000... Come on. ...times 51... This is not hard. ...equals... How many people? Yes. Um... I just need to work out where the places oh, are. Oh, God, so that's that can't be right. That's sixty-six billion people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've got that right. Two hundred and f- no, two million and forty thousand. Yes. <laughs> Crikey Moses, which Arabella had probably worked out instantly, right? <laughs> two million, let's call it two million people, right? In total. How many, let's say on average, each one of those people has one beer, right? Which is a considerable, this is France for God's sake, this is a considerable conservative estimate, right? So each one of them will have a beer in a disposable thing. So that's two million non recyclable, totally undisposable cups. Two million of them. Yeah, put that in your stupid little tips and tricks. The sustainability guide to the French tournament. Yeah. You don't say, oh, I'm very sorry, because what we are going to do is make a absolutely colossal pile of shit. Do they? No, they don't. Amazingly, that precise phrase doesn't make it in. <laughs> um, what does make it in, though, uh, is that I can't remember if this is linked in the thing or you found it somewhere else, but there is also an eco-calculator ah, um, yes. handily provided by those nice people at UEFA. Um, which hopefully works a bit better than my calculator, which just came up with the world's biggest number. Uh, Definitely the calculator's fault. Yeah, yeah it's the calculator's fault. Uh, anyway, uh, one of the things it allows you to do is Also, to- 66 billion is not the world's biggest number. Name a bigger one. 66 billion and one. No, that doesn't exist. That number doesn't actually <laughs> exist. Not a lot of people know that. Anyway, anyway, one of the things that UEFA's uh, eco-calculator allows you to do is to work out how much CO2 you will generate in flying two games, but in units that you will understand. So instead of talking about, you know, kilograms of CO2 or, or tons of CO2, which no one understands, no one understands. Um, they talk about footballs of CO2. So um, what did you do, Dave? You went to the calculator and put in London to Marseille. Why you would fly to Marseille, I don't know, because you genuinely can get the train there actually quite quickly and you can drink loads on the train. Uh, But you can fly to Marseille. And what happens football-wise in terms of CO2? Um, You fill, it says here, 35,000 footballs with CO2. That's a lot, isn't it? I have no bloody idea. I don't, you know, like, I don't know what it means when someone says you have just done a thing that has emitted a kilogram of CO2. I don't know what it means when it says if you do X rather than Y, you will save 2.9 grams of CO2. And I don't know what it means for you to tell me that I have made 35,000 footballs worth of CO2. Okay, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. Um, so I do have a football in my garden, but my garden is currently under a pile of rubble. So I, I, I can't get that. Uh, but imagine that I'm holding my football, right? See me holding my football? Yeah. I'm holding a football. Now yeah. imagine there's two of those, yeah? Right. Yeah. Now, that's, that's twice as many. Yes. Now I'm going to double that number. You've got your calculator out, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and now okay. I'm going to double that number. Yes. Now I'm going to double that number. Now I'm going to double that number. Now that number, 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 
now that number, now that number, and now that number, and you're at 32,768 <laughs> footballs, which still leaves some room to spare. So it's quite a lot. Look at his face! Just look at his face! Good. Well, let's not dwell all on the bad things, because there are some good things about football, aren't there, Dave? I mean, there are obviously some good things about like, about football in general, like getting to watch people kick them out of each other, um, you know, and, and then go home and feel better about things. But uh, there are some eco-good things about football, like the England team, those bastions of environmentalism. Apparently their kit, uh, you mate, you found this, didn't you, is, is made from 16 recycled plastic bottles. Yeah, very good. I don't know how that's going to help them um, swing their arms around, but, you know, fine, whatever works. Whatever. Um, yes, we, you remember way back in episode nine, Still my favouritest ever bit of babble, which was Will I Am, uh, will.i.am, or bell.end, as we have christened him, um, making an exceptionally expensive bit of clothing or bags out of plastic bottles and then selling them at Harrods. You remember that, don't you? I do remember it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, this is pretty much as expensive as that. An England shirt is £60. £60! It's just not acceptable, is it? It is just never acceptable. I think it's up there with popcorn in terms of the the biggest markup imaginable. It must cost peanuts. These are recycled plastic bottles. Somebody's just gone to the side of the road and gone, give me those plastic bottles. Or like the canals. Did you see that lady who's paddleboarded all of England's canals and was slightly shocked to find they're full of plastic? Why did she do that? I don't know. She likes paddleboarding. No, but, you know, it's it's good. Okay, fine. England kit made out of plastic bottles. What else you got? Oh. Uh, well, I wanted to mention, uh, you know, episode Thimajig, where we went to talk to Dale Vince. 46. Really? Yes. All oh, right, very good. Uh, episode 46, we talked to Dale Vince, who's not only the boss of Ecotricity, big electricity company that does green stuff, but all but the chairman of Forest Green Rovers, who did not quite get promoted oh. this year. Woo. Poor old Forest Green Rovers. The Babel, was shout- the Babel Army was shouting for Forest know, Green Rovers. I know, I know. Um, but they are very, very green, as per their name. They've got and this amazing robotic lawnmower, solar power robotic lawnmower. Uh, but they get a lot of press um, for their greenness. The people who get slightly less press are Dartford FC. Um, who, I don't even know where that is. <laughs> I'd imagine it's in Dartford. Um, don't know where that is. There's a tunnel. East London. Right. Uh, uh, okay. I don't uh, know where that is. <laughs> God, your hard work. Right. Go on their Wikipedia page, Dave. Like, um, you know when we do research? Research, yeah, yes. Yeah, do that, except type in Dartford FC this time, mm. and you will find the most sublime uh, description of a football club. Uh, that, so their stadium um, has been described, apparently, as one of the most ecologically sound ever built. It's got a capacity mm. of 4,100, which is slightly less than the biggest number in the world. Um, and all sorts of green stuff, including um, a grass roof and also solar panels. I don't know how that... A grass roof? What, a sedum roof blanket? A sebum? Sedum. Ah, oh, that's good. Cause, do you know what sebum is? No. Put that into Google. No. Put do you want in. me to do it? Oh, yeah, I want you to look up sebum live on there. Okay, keep talking. Okay, um, so it's not really surprising, to be perfectly honest, that you can have the world's most sustainable ecological football ground uh, given oh, that no one's ever that's that's it's not very nice is it sebum is that mm. thing you know bald people obviously you do you're looking at one you know like when you <laughs> stroke their head when they get all all hot and excited that's sebum on your hand when you've done that oh. you know what my browser says at the top it goes did you mean to go to sebum 
<laughs> I like this browser. <laughs> so come on then, Ol. Football is going on. Everyone is football crazy, football mad, right? Including us. We like a bit of football. We go down to football. We like football. Kiki Goldie score. Have a nice time. Yes? Jump the goalposts. Exactly, yeah. Is, well, is it a terrible, awful waste of the planet's resources to build these big stadiums and fill them full of beery, sweaty people chucking rubbish all over the place and travelling hundreds of miles to go to a thing that doesn't mean anything and getting very upset about it and uh, all that sort of stuff? Oh, I don't know. I have a feeling that it might be like a lot of things that is probably okay when it's small but has got a bit big and out of hand. Because you know how all the little teams, like me and you support, well, yours is sort of a medium-sized team, isn't it? But their grounds are still where their support base kind of was. You know, yeah. it's, it's in and amongst the population. And uh, so when I go to watch my phenomenally successful and much-loved team, Cambridge United, I walk to their ground like a lot of other people do. Um, because it's kind of in and around town. Not as much as some, but, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and a few thousand people go to watch them. And I think that's kind of more sustainable than building a huge multi-whatever complex that everyone has to drive to and you encourage 70,000 people to go to. Uh, so probably small is good. But another thing I was thinking about on the way here I like distractions. I think as the planet burns and as inequality just, you know, gets out of control and we all, when we pay any sort of attention, start crawling into a corner and rolling up into a little ball and shaking and going, Mumsy, Mumsy, like Richard O'Brien. I like that there is football to just keep our mind off things so that we can get really worked up about something that doesn't matter so that we can just forget about it all. I like that, and long may it continue. Reasons to be cheerful. So, reasons to be cheerful. This is the section where we try to remind ourselves that we're not all going to die and everything's over. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Reasons to be cheerful. Good stuff, yeah? Um, And this week, um, we look abroad to the fjordy, fjordy shores of Norway. Fjordy, fjordy shores. Fjordy, 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 fjordy shores (laughs) of Norway. Uh, Because they have said, we think, and there's been some sort of mixed reports as to whether this was really what Mm. they said, but we're going to go with it. Uh, We think they have said uh, they are going to ban petrol cars and diesel cars by 2025, which, terrifyingly enough, is only nine years away. Eight and a half, really. Isn't that cool? Well done, Norway, right? Very good. So that is only nine years away. And to get rid of the sale of all new gasoline cars by then is pretty good. And another reason to be cheerful is it was announced last week that there are now over a million electric cars, fully electric cars, in the world. Which, while on the one hand, considering how many non-electric cars there are in the world, is still a way to go, um, that's a milestone, yes? That's That's a good thing. Pretty amazing. I did not know there were that many. Pretty good. Um, why Norway done it then? What do you reckon? Why have they done that then? 
Uh, probably because they got quite a small car market, really. One of the snide commenters uh, under beneath the line, which you can always believe, uh, has said, yeah, well, Shanghai's got a bigger market than Norway, so what difference does it make? But it probably doesn't mean it's, it's relatively easy. Uh, but also, um, they've got loads of cash from their sovereign wealth funds, so they can do all their nice hippie green things, can't they? They can, and that's the thing that I think is going on here, right? So Norway uh, in the 50s, I think it was, discovered it had loads of gas, and then in the 70s discovered it had loads of oil. Um, and it still has loads of coal, which, to give it credit, has mostly left where it is, right? Um, and they have been drilling and drilling and drilling, and they are still, I think, the world's sixth biggest oil exporter are they in really? the whole Bloody world. Hell. Yeah, pretty big. And what they did, unlike what Ed pretty much anyone else has done, is instead of just go allowing the companies to cull and drill all the oil and, and make big fat watches of cash out of it, they took 50% of the sale of everything and they bunged it into a, into a drawer, basically. They put it under the mattress, um, they let it accumulate, and they made it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and they didn't spend it. And it's sitting there, and it is now worth, oh, and this is a bigger number than the one you heard earlier, so I'm afraid you're going to have to wrap your brain around this. Oh, it is no. now worth $800 billion. Oh, dollars. no. No, that's 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 also no. Not a lot of people know this, but that also isn't actually a number. Put put one. Put 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 two. Put uh-huh. two into your calculator. Yeah, and times it by two, and keep doing equals equals equals, and tell me when you get to eight hundred billion. Okay, bear, bear with me. Meanwhile, listener, I'll explain what's going on. So um, they basically, the oil price, which we have talked about way back in episode four, we talked about the oil price and the fact that it has... 30,000 now. Keep going. And the fact that... and and Oh, you'll get there very fast then. Um, And they... uh, What number am I looking for? $800 billion. $800 billion. That's eight with uh, 11 zeros after it. Keep, Keep going. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so the oil price has gone very low and it's staying low and it's, down, it's, and it's ruining the economics of Norway, right? So basically what they've done is they've gone, uh, we better start like uh, doing something other than oil and we better start encouraging uh, the writings on the wall one way or the other, what with climate change and the oil price being low. And so let's start, um, you know, planning for a world without oil. And because they've got this massive buffer of a 800 billion, you're there yet? Yeah? I think I'm here now, yeah. Okay, I'm, in that, I'm in that realm. There's definitely realm. 12 digits. Okay, then, then you're there pretty much, yeah. Um, they, they're spending all of that 12 digits. Uh, well, they, they can spend all of that 12 oh, digits. Oh, it's 13. I've gone too far. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I'm really sorry. They can spend all of that 12 digits on um, not having social uproar and all that sort of stuff. So that's basically what's going on. Is they've, they And, you know, it's not like Norway. Everyone goes, oh, Elon Musk... You know, him off of technology and electric cars, who is about to have a really large market in Norway, said Norway are really, really amazing for doing this, right? And it is good, fair play and all that. But we have talked back in episode 16, if you remember, all about naughty, naughty Norway. We put them into Winhof Corner that and we said wasn't they're 16. naughty. That, that was episode wasn't 16. 16. That was more recent than that. No, it was episode is this 16. When That's those when we lovely fo- young activists were going up and down the mountain every single day getting arrested. Yeah. Episode 16. No yeah, way same. was that 16? It was, it was which uh, over a year ago, that was the same day as the general election one. The reason people went up and down the mountain to get arrested every single day, heroically, uh, was because Norway decided to chop off some mountains and dump them in some pristine fjord because they're idiots like that. So it's not like this is a 100% uh, you know, hippie, yardy da, aren't we all fluffy country. Um, they do good and bad things. 
the fact that they have made a massive amount of cash from pumping mm. colossal amounts of oil into the world market for a very long time. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a bit a bit late to go, aren't they amazing, aren't they green, right? But uh, I would rather that somebody uh, said now they were going to get all of their cars fossil-free um, than not say that. So, you know, just kind of have to sort of accept, I think, that this stuff happened. So sort of well done, Norway, but not so well done for the for your entire history. So instead of our usual Inhoff of the week, we are uh, we're going straight for the good guys. We're going to anti Inhoff of the week this week, which is where we find somebody who stood up for what's right and said it. And slightly unusually, uh, this week it's an Australian sportsman, a vegan Australian sportsman, speaking up uh, for the end of the dairy industry. It is Australia's Jason Gillespie. Bloody hell. This is, this is pretty amazing. So uh, I know about as much about cricket as you do about big numbers, right? <laughs> I Not very, very I much. I know you quite a bit f- about cricket. Yes, I know you do. He so used, you've, heard, you've heard of him and I haven't. He used to point. torture me throughout long summers when I was younger. Actually, not so much him, but his team. Year after year, England would just get absolutely battered by the team that Jason Gillespie was in. And um, so I didn't used to like him very much, but I like him now. Anyway, carry on in your ignorance. Well, so what he's done, apparently, according to the news, is he has uh, Yorkshire, his team, what he manages, are sponsored by a very, well, this is a horrible phrase I'm about to say, Wensleydale Creamery, <laughs> which just is just a nasty combination <laughs> of the syllables. I think there's a page for that on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I think there is. Um, and, uh, fancy there a Wensleydale Creamery. <laughs> um, um, so he's come out, and Wensleydale Creamery, who are obviously oh. dare... <laughs> Skull hurts. He has come out and he's probably annoyed the sponsors by saying this dairy that sponsors Yorkshire should be shut down. I hope one day, he said, the dairy industry can be shut down. I think it's disgusting and wrong on so many levels. Yeah, amazing. Not just discounting for a second your ridiculous Australian accent. Just imagine what we're looking at here. I mean, sportsmen for a start, and to an extent sportswomen, but certainly sportsmen, are really, really pathetic about saying what they actually think about anything. Like anyone who sits through Match of the Day like we do, watch these footballers who you know have got some opinions just say boring, bland platitudes about nothing. And it's the same in cricket and all the rest of it. And suddenly, here you go with, a, you know, somebody who is in it's quite a tough guy sport, cricket, really. Coming out and saying, yep, do you know what? I've got an opinion and it's a really, really unusual opinion and it puts me directly at odds with everyone who plays sport and with everyone in Australia. Yeah, and he said, you know, he said it's out of my control. Not a lot I can do about it. Just like cricket balls being made of leather. And he says there's nothing wrong with standing up for what you believe in, which is absolutely bang on. Well done, Mr. Anti Inhofe. Yorkshire coach Jason Gillespie and oh. <laughs> Yeah. What, did the sp- what did the sponsors have to say about this? This is the best bit. This is the best bit. So not only do you usually get sports people saying nothing, but you often get sponsors saying nothing. And uh, this sponsor from uh, Wensleydale, um, that cream... Wensleydale yeah. Creamery. Oh, please don't. Uh, Wensleydale <laughs> Creamery. Stop it. Uh, so they wanted a bit more clarity on, um, on Jason's comments. He said... 
That's a very bold statement, and I need to understand a bit more about what he's actually trying to say there. <laughs> what he's trying to say is, Wensley to Creamery, he doesn't like you, he doesn't like what you do, he doesn't like what you stand for, he's disgusted to be seen in any sort of association with you, and if it was up to him, you would be shut down. I don't, what he says. I don't think it needs more clarity. I think oh, really? It, I think it's pretty clear. Well done, Jason. I am genuinely gobsmacked that this has happened and we salute you. We should Let's send him one of our fated babble magnets that very, very few people in the world have got. Oh, 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 who, who else is an anti-Inhoff, oh? I, I don't know. Who else is an anti-Inhoff? Who else should be getting uh, praised for all of their wonderful efforts, oh? Oh, who else is it? Who else is it, oh? Is it you? It's me! Why? You know why. What have I been celebrating? Oh, What's my, sorry. What have I done? I had genuinely forgotten. Uh, Dave has been... Oh, we so, put this in the running order. We said we were going to do this yeah, at the start. And you said I'm you were going to say the I'm nice sorry. things about me. If you keep saying Wensleydale Creamery, I'm going to forget important things. Slash <laughs> everything. Uh, yeah, Dave over here, this one, with, uh, you know, the balls and stuff. Uh, he has apparently, according to, well, him... Uh, gone 10 years without eating anything that, in his words, has a face or came out as the sex bit of something that had a face. Yeah, I've been vegan for 10 years, old, and I am still not dead. And I've <laughs> learned some stuff about it. Do you want to know what I've learned? Uh, I do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can go and read the blog I wrote about it then, which oh, I put. I thought you were going but, to do a nice crazy well, no, of it, I was. So basically, it was, it was a long uh, blog, but a very, very good blog. And I genuinely thanks, mean mate. that. It was excellent. I enjoyed it. And I shared it with some people I wouldn't ordinarily share hippie blogs with. Oh, very good. Um, but basically what I've learned is that people are mental about food. And we talked about this, if you remember, back in episode 29, when we did a thing all about meat. And we interviewed renowned um, uh, anti-meaty type person, Vicky Hurd, um, who said, and we talked about how weird people are about meat and how it's really hard to get people to even think about eating stuff. But it's true, you know, when you go vegan, um, people think you're mental. Yeah. And for no good reason, other yeah. than you're doing something different to what they well, consider normal. Exactly, isn't it? It's because it's not normal, yeah. in inverted commas. So that is just about it for Sustainable 52. That is our, I suppose, if we'd done these every single week, that would be our one-year anniversary, but it's not, so I don't know why I'm saying it. Uh, anyway, thank you, Dave, for being marvellous. And, um, well, before we go completely, we thought we'd just recap on some of the things that we missed while we were off, uh, including well, Donald Trump saying he would just tear up all of the kind of Paris Agreement and tear up Obama's Clean Power Plan, do more coal or something. Just awful stuff. He could have been... He's been in Hoff before. Yeah, yeah. But good news in good old blighty. uh, I don't know if we actually talked about this, but there was a period where coal stopped being used to generate electricity for a few hours for the first time in about 150 years. That was amazing. And, yeah. then, and Portugal. Portugal ran on renewables for four days in a row. Really? Like that. Was yeah. that including nasty renewables like Big Hydro? I think there might have been some of that in there, but still, 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 still good. Still good. Uh, and now we've just recently heard that um, for the month of May, uh, the UK got more electricity from solar than it did from coal, or rather more electricity was generated from solar than it was from coal, which is amazing, genuinely amazing. If you'd said that to me when I started doing all this hippie crap in 2008, I would not have believed you. So, yay. What else has happened? 
Uh, I'll do, wouldn't it? Uh, so, uh, lobster something, uh, sad video about donkeys. <laughs> and uh, Oh, the lobster off. that got got released back into the into the world. Yeah, Bought from, released from, back from a into restaurant. The yeah, yeah, yeah nice. very good. Yeah, yeah. Other things. Uh, fossil fuel subsidies, blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it all at some point, I'm sure. Thank you, listener, for listening to episode 52. We are sorry that we went away, but we are now back. In, uh, until if, the summer holidays. Until we go away again, yeah. <laughs> if you would like to let us know what you thought of the show or give us some feedback or tell all what a bigger number than 66 billion is, you can contact us on Twitter by following at the Babble Wagon or email us at hello at sustainababble.fish or find us on Facebook. Just search for Sustainababble. All right, Dave, very good. And thanks, as always, to my lovely little niece, Arabella, and the wonderful, wonderful Dickie Moore for the music that does the beginning, the end, and the intertwinklings in between. See you next week. Bye-bye. Take care. Look after your balls. Bye. Bye. Bye.